Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal here to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about all the topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to learn more about the evolving trends in home energy ratings. To the ResNet community, we hear you and wish to engage. In the simplest terms, what path is ResNet on? What is the ResNet mission? How are the goals crafted that align with and fulfill that mission? And how are the priorities and budgets set so that these goals are achieved? Both John Hensley, President of the ResNet Board, and Steve Baden, ResNet Executive Director, join us to describe the priorities for ResNet's activities in 2022. We learn the process of setting the priorities and how they lead to the goals that have been set by the Board to achieve the mission. John also describes the ResNet mission and details out the goals, while Steve describes how the goals and priorities shape the budget that's been adopted by the ResNet Board. John recaps the challenges and achievements for ResNet in 2021, and Steve follows on with his crystal ball for predictions for 2022. Now, you can learn more about the ResNet mission along with the 2022 goals and priorities by visiting the link in the show notes. So let's listen in as John and Steve describe for us an overview of the ResNet 2022 priorities. It's 2022, and we have brought forth two guests today to talk about an overview of the ResNet 2022 priorities. And we have both Steve Baden, Executive Director, and John Hensley, who is current president. Is that correct, John? Yes, sir. All right. John, why don't you introduce yourself? We spoke with you at the beginning of last year, but give us a quick overview of who you are and what you do both professionally and with ResNet. My name's John Hensley. I'm the current president of the ResNet Board of Directors, and I'm a quality assurance designee with ResNet. I own a consulting company in Virginia called Building Performance Solutions. We're a provider that we provide provider services for rating companies across the United States. And for small providers that need quality assurance services outside, so those are third-party services, and I am active in the writing of the standards, both with ResNet and with the International Energy Conservation Code, and I actively donate my time to continue to build the industry. Very good. And you do that so well. And our previous podcast, we've covered a lot more of those details. So thank you for that. Steve, give us an introduction and overview of who you are, what you do. I'm the executive director of ResNet, and I've been in that post over, gosh, two decades now. And it just gets more exciting. It's been really good working with such a dedicated board of directors. And uh, I'm looking forward to 2022, which we're going to be talking about today. Steve, in that regard, how does ResNet come up with the annual goals? What's the process? Who is involved? The ResNet board previously has adopted a mission statement for the organization. And then in September 2020, the ResNet board formally defined ResNet's essential activities taken in support of that mission. These essential activities identified by the board is posted on the ResNet website. But in 2021, for developing the 2022 goals, we took a new approach. It began with the ResNet staff undertaking an analysis of the internal strengths and weaknesses of the organization 
and the external opportunities and threats to the rating industry as a whole. This was presented to the board, and then it provided the foundation for the board to come up with the development of the goals for 2022. And so the goals that were adopted by the board were aimed at addressing the identified organizational weaknesses and maintaining its strengths while positioning to take advantage of the emerging new opportunities, ensuring itself against emerging potential threats. That's a pretty classic overview for a business to look at different challenges that are presented. Can you get into a little bit of some of those categories, the strengths or the weaknesses, the opportunities that are out there? Well, the strengths of the organization is that there's threefold, which I think is our best one. One of which is we have standards based upon ANSI process that is recognized as the gold standard for the testing and rating of a home's energy performance. We have over 1,900 individuals that have been certified as HERS raters that are very well steeped into building science and dedicated to improving the energy performance of homes. And then we have the support infrastructure that's been built over two decades of quality assurance providers like John is, rater training providers like John is, and then rating software programs. And this all leads to an infrastructure that took a long time to take place but it's been able to meet the demand as the demand for ratings have grown over the years. The other factor is we do have a group of dedicated professionals that serves on our board directors that represents a lot of facets of the HERS industry and then other organizations, including home builders, the Appraisal Institute, the International Conservation, and the International Code Council. Finally, there's a desire by builders to use HERS ratings to demonstrate to their buyers the energy performance of their own, and then also to show Wall Street that they are meeting these new emerging CEG requirements they're doing for sustainability and governance. So these combinations have put together that's made all this possible, and that's clearly one of our strengths. In terms of weaknesses, we need to continue to do a job of listening to our members, our raters, and continue to strive to be of relevance to him and to help build their opportunities. Now, the opportunities are really exciting because there's several things that are going on that could affect it. We've already talked in a past podcast about these emerging potential tax credits that's in the Build Back Better legislation that still hasn't been passed by Congress. But also, we're seeing that the demand for energy-efficient homes is increasing. When you look at the demographics of who wants to buy a home, energy efficiency and environmental stewardship is an important factor in making consumer decisions among millennials. And I think that we're having new opportunities. We're emerging ourselves by opening things up, such as a water efficiency rating system and a new system that we're working on to actually do a carbon rating index. The threats are out there is, number one, probably is complacency. we got to keep on striving and moving forward. Also, we still, while we are doing an incredible amount, we overrated over 300,000 homes in 2021, there's still a lot of homes that are built out there that are not rated, and we need to strive more to be able to meet that. That's a pretty comprehensive list. Thank you for that overview. John, can you tell us the ResNet website posts the goals that the organization has adopted to achieve the mission? So let's take a step back and help define for the listeners, what is ResNet's mission? ResNet's mission is defined as writing standards and providing quality assurance. And whereas some organizations 
or individuals do inspections, but there's not a quality standard where quality assurance is provided. And ResNet has a national quality assurance department, works directly with ResNet. These are ResNet employees, and they go out and they quality assure the providers across the country. And then the providers are providing quality assurance for the rating organizations. So all this gets fed into the quality assurance for ResNet as a national organization. And this sets us aside from other certifications that don't have the highest level of quality assurance that ResNet provides. As the ResNet writes the standards, we're constantly looking at what provides the best quality assurance included in those standards while data collecting and updating software models to provide the best quality of rating that equals a cost-effective and uh, value proposition for both the builder and the end user because ultimately want to make sure that the end user is getting what they're paid for. Makes complete sense. Yeah, the cost, it's really part of a business process if you break it down and it does have to be cost-effective. It has to be related to a standard. A couple episodes ago, we covered with the QA team. If anyone would like to tune into that episode and hear more of these details of the fine professionals that John has mentioned here to get a little bit better idea on how that whole process works. John, we'll continue with you. What are the key goals that the ResNet Board has adopted for 2022? We want to lead the path to net zero. Energy Star has done a great job of getting people interested in energy efficiency along with ResNet. And net zero is the next stage. As we're seeing more and more builders use renewables to get to net zero and much better technology from heating and air conditioning systems to envelope efficiencies, manufacturers, builders working together then to build a more efficient home. And this value proposition we talked about is because the homeowners are interested. They're asking for raters. They're asking if the home is rated. And they're asking what they can do to reduce their utility bills. And I think this is the first couple years that we've really seen the homeowner interested. And maybe while they're still interested in the picket fence and the school system and the looks of the house, both visually outside and inside, They're also asking the question is, how can I make this house more efficient and what type of professional can do that? And a rater is then the answer to that. Maintain and enhance credibility in the ResNet ratings. Again, value proposition. We add third-party inspections to the home in addition to what the local code officials are doing. And then we're supporting then the quality that the homeowner is asking to purchase is being included into that home. So enhance ResNet and HERS Raiders recognition as the gold standard. We go back to quality assurance. We thought in the industry that people generally fight quality assurance, but we're actually finding that the builder sees value in the quality assurance and the Raiders see value in the quality assurance. They want to know that they're doing it right. They go to work every day. They don't go there to do it wrong. They do it They want to do it right, and they like the fact that ResNet is watching, paying attention, and providing quality assurance. How do we grow the business development opportunities for HERS Raiders? ResNet's job is also to promote business opportunities for HERS Raiders. 
And we're seeing this work as well because we're seeing more raiders entering the industry. Why are they entering the industry? Because they see that there's an opportunity in making a living as a herds raider. And we're seeing that more and more from small towns to large cities as people are becoming herds raiders and they're joining the industry. Next, we have enhanced existing, build new collaborations with allied groups. ResNet, Steve does a great job with this. The ResNet staff does a great job with this. They go out into the communities. They go to these organizations. ResNet has built a great collaboration with the International Co-Council. We have co-certifications. So HERS Raiders can then get a certification as a ICC certified inspector. The mortgage industry, not the mortgage industry, but also the inspection industry for appraising homes. ResNet has been working for many years with the Appraisal Institute then to develop software that is included into the software that ResNet uses and approves to generate documents that can be used by the appraisers then to show value in a HERS-rated home. So now you have a home compared to another home that has a better score if the better score then equals more efficient construction more efficient a use of energy purchased. Increased percentage of the new homes receive a HERS rating. Steve spoke about this a few minutes ago. We continue to work with builders across the country then to show them the value in this. And builders, if you look at the new builders listed from month to month, we have a steady flow of new builders joining the HERS industry by having their homes HERS rated. And we're not just seeing this in the production builders, we're seeing this in custom builders, mid-sized builders, and then the large builders across the country. Does that pretty much cover it for you? Because I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you covered a lot there. It's, and maybe for the listeners to give them an idea, just the general makeup of the board, like what is represented? Because the board is really part of the industry. Am I correct in saying that? Is that for me? Yeah, John. You talked about the board brings forth the goals, but they're bringing them forth from their experiences. So give us an idea of maybe not by name, but by category of who's on the board. Absolutely. So we have representation from the manufacturers. We have representation from the builders. We have representation from HERS providers or the rating quality assurance providers and trainers. And we have representation from the raters themselves. So we have a nice group that comes together and I'm telling you, I'm proud to say that I serve on the board because we have a very professional group that works well together, bringing the builders, the industry professionals that support the builders, like the insulation industry and building suppliers. And we bring the providers, which is the quality assurance part of out in the field. And then we bring the rating organizations as well. And so it makes a nice group. And along with Steve's leadership, as far as the executive director, we have a very good working group. Excellent. Steve, seeing that budgets are policy instruments, and can you explain how the goals for 2022 have influenced the ResNet budget that was also adopted by the board? It's the foundation. And it was a process that we modified in 22, but it's been pretty consistent over the years. The new 
adage that we put in was the staff doing an analysis of the organization's internal strengths, weaknesses, also then looking at identifying potential external opportunities and threats. That was presided to the board who then took up to the next thing. It's coming up with the actual goals that John was mentioning to meet the goals mission and then also to address the identified weaknesses and threats and then also maximize the opportunity to take advantage of these emerging opportunities. Based upon that, then the ResNet board adopted a set of priorities in 2022 to achieve these goals. And the goals and the priorities are posted on the ResNet website. And when you start looking at the priorities, you can see it's pretty wide ranging. Then upon the adoption by the board of the priorities, ResNet staff developed a set of activities that it would undertake if its budget was improved. And that was approved by the board. And then the executive, we worked, the staff worked with the executive committee coming up with a budget request that would provide funding to meet those activities that was put into the process. So it's pretty much a top to bottom. We start with big picture stuff and work our way with more detail to each step so that everyone involved, the decision makers, the staff has been actively involved in coming up with the analysis. The board's had a chance, a step at a time, to review where we wanted to head in 2022 and make decisions. And then on October, the board met for a face-to-face meeting in which they approved the budget for 2022. Okay, so this happened in October of 21. That's correct. It's laid out for the ongoing year. And it makes total sense to tie the budget into activities that lead back to the priorities that lead back to the goals. So it's top, bottom, and bottom to top. It sounds like you pretty well sewed it up there. It's kind of like the old adage, if you don't know where you're going, anywhere will get you there. (laughs) Anywhere will. (laughs) But also, though, it is, as you say, the budget is a policy-making moves. Because if you don't have funds to implement a policy, the policy is a piece of paper. And that's why the activity took so much time is to make sure that you hone in on that, how feasible they were, and did we have the resources to meet them. And you have all this broad input from the industry, as well as resident internally, but from the industry via the board, as John described a minute ago. John, coming to you, 2021 was certainly a challenging year. As board president, what are your perspectives on the state of ResNet and the HERS industry as it moved through 2021? We started out having to make a decision early on in 2021 that we were going to have to move the in-person conference in February to virtual. And not knowing what we were coming out of 2020 into 2021, that was the first thing that we had to adjust to. And I must say, it was overwhelmingly accepted. We had a very successful virtual conference. We had great sign-up and a very high participation from rating industry and industry participants in the virtual conference. What amazingly, I think, started out as we thought, this is hard to believe, but we had almost every month of 2021 an increase in HERS-rated homes across the country over the past few years. So we ended up the year about 13,000 homes more than the prior year and beat expectations and actual ratings in 2019 and 2020. So I can tell you that the organization is financially very fit. The income is up. 
because we're ra our ratings have exceeded what we expected, and the industry is looking pretty bright going into 2022. And currently, we're scheduled to have our first in-person conference in Texas in February of 2022, coming off a busy year, but that year was filled with lots of adjustments. <laughs> As ResNet has had to remain flexible, just like all other companies have had to remain flexible, it has been a challenging couple of years. But I believe I can say as ResNet president, and I think Steve would agree, the organization is very strong, looking at a very bright future moving into 2022. Excellent. That's a perfect statement and a segue into what Steve sees happening as ResNet executive director going into 2022. Get out the crystal ball. I've asked you to do this before, Steve. <laughs> Hopefully you've got it in a nice velvet lined case so it doesn't get scratched up and you get misinterpretations. But tell us what's going on. You like doing that, Bill. You had me uh, project on the tax credit, which is <laughs> September and we're still not there. But as that is a caveat, that's a good question because I am really bullish about the state of the organization in this industry in 2022. I must state, however, there are some clouds on the horizon that is something we have to pay attention to, and that could be problematic. The first is this new strain of the COVID-19 virus. It has moved as fast as anything I thought of. I mean, when you think about it, the new strain was introduced in the United States around Thanksgiving, and now we've seen it become the most prominent factor there. And we've seen some industries, such as the airlines, having a problem of that so many people were out protesting positive that disrupted the work. This has put further restraint to me, which is the next potential or it's a problem out there, and that is the supply chain problems for getting building materials and almost everything else. A bad situation is made worse because so many people are now becoming positive, testing positive, that they have to isolate. And that's just another big chomp in terms of the labor force needed to deliver it. So this is a key thing that we have to watch on. Anyone who's tried to buy a new car understands the problem of finding materials, and builders are facing this from almost every aspect of what they're doing, from plywood to air conditioning units. And then there's the perennial problem of labor. We still, frankly, of all the potential things out there, what's retarded growth in terms of home production most is the lack of workers. And so I think these are three things we have to keep our eye on and be aware of. But they're also more than soft set by which I see these emerging opportunities. Clearly, there's an unmet need for housing. People have jobs more now. They have some money. And they do want to own their own home. They develop families since the pandemic has started. And they want somewhere where their kids can feel safe, go to good schools. And that's putting a pressure on more and more homes being available. Also, it grieves the rise of a most critical problem, and that is affordable housing. And we're seeing through our rating reports a, a market increase in multifamily homes to meet that need. And I've been very excited about our collaborative Habitat for Humanity International, who have got the idea that you can have high performance along with affordability. The other factor that's out there that I think is going to be good for us is that there's an increased interest in addressing climate change and the recognition by White House and Congress that residential energy efficiency is the key to addressing this. This hasn't existed in a long, long time, and I think we're going to see, we don't know yet what exactly they are, but we're going to see some new opportunities and leadership from the federal government. 
which leads to the next opportunity, which is the potential passage of the Build Back Better legislation. It has quite a bit of items for energy codes, residential retrofits, and then extending the 45L tax credit. At the time of this recording, we still don't know what the final picture is going to be. It wasn't as smooth as everyone thought it was last fall, but it's still alive in, in some form or another. And I think that's another exciting opportunity. The other factor is we still have historical low interest rates. Even though it's been shooting up a little bit, it's still, when you look at the picture of a mortgage loan, it's not significant. And to put this in a historical perspective, when I bought my first house in 1984, my interest rate was 15%. And as you can tell what that could do in terms of affordability. But I think now that we're having it, we've seen it creeped up a bit, but they're still historically low, which means that more people can afford homes. And then I think finally, the other opportunity that's going on is launching of new resident initiatives. As I mentioned before, such as the water efficiency ratings, the positioning of HERS raters to provide energy code verification. And I think what I'm really excited about is development of a carbon and time of use rating system that will not only measure that, unlike the HERS rating, it will not focus on energy use, but something that comes more important to utilities is when that energy is being used. And then finally, to meet the goals of a lot of home builders are committing themselves to on climate change. So this new factor would provide another tool by which the industry can measure its contribution sustainability. So with all this being said, I'm very optimistic. I'm cautious about those clouds I mentioned. But overall, I think I'm very bullish that we're going to look at when we do our end of year look in 2022, we're going to look good. That's a pretty all-encompassing discussion here, gentlemen. Can I just ask you for maybe a couple closing thoughts for the listeners as they mull over the topics you've covered? John, first, any closing thoughts? The only thing that I would like to follow up on is, while we do see ResNet sees a bright future for the organization, I'm glad Steve brought up some of the issues that we know that we're dealing with. But these are items that the board is discussing. Steve makes a real effort to make sure that the board's aware of these things that are out in the industry. We have a very collaborative discussion so that the discussions are open, they're sharing, and everything that Steve mentioned is items that are coming up from raiders in the field to builders discussing those with ResNet to discuss them with each other. I think it proves that the organization has placed themselves in a very good discussion than to prepare for the good and the bad. I think as humans, we want to be hopeful where the last couple of years, there's an old saying that I used to use quite a bit. They'll say that the light at the end of the tunnel has been turned off for an indefinite period. And that came from a bad time in the financial world when the economies were suffering. And The last couple of years sure seemed like the light got turned out for an indefinite period. But let's look to the future. The light is on. We just have to follow that path. And I'll leave it at that. Could I interject one thought? Please, Steve. Because this is inside baseball talk. But I want to emphasize, as you walk through it, you see two things that comes clear. One, the board of directors is important in steering the organization to meet the emerging opportunities and threats to the organization. And I think it is incumbent upon people to understand how ResNet decides which direction it's going to go in each year. 
and then it should be paying attention. We're a transparent organization. All these priorities and goals and mission statements are posted on our website. But I also want to emphasize to our members that the board of directors is what makes this all possible. They are your representatives. Each year we have a board election, which the turnout not necessarily is great, but I'm urging all ResNet members to be focused because these people are going to represent you and guide you and developing the platform by which we all can succeed. So while it does not might seem as exciting as some of the building science topics that's been talked about, this is still important because this is your organization and we cannot ex- succeed without your support. And in order to earn your support, you have to have an understanding how we operate. Very true. And what's the time frame where the nominations are, are sought and then the voting goes on? We sent out a thing in August asking for people who are interested in running for the office. And then there's a period where you, it's pretty simple. It's an online, there's no filing fee. There's no petition. All you have to do is put a resume in. There's about five questions you ask. Do you do a conflict of interest statement? And then around October, the nominations committee looks, reviews who all is applied and rules if they meet the minimum criteria of being a candidate. And then in November, then the voting actually takes place. It's done electronically from the ease of your home. And it's easy for people to participate. And so there will be announcements coming out about August calling for people who want to serve on the board. And we encourage it. Each year we get a couple new board members and we're finding it that this brings new perspectives and new energy to the board. And when you look at it, probably a majority of the board was not around in five, six, seven years ago. So this new inflection gives new perspectives and keeps the fresh I want to encourage people to consider running for the board, but also more importantly than to once the people who've put their hats in the ring voting at the annual election. Yes. Take a good hard look at those two topics there, either running or at the candidates and voting with purpose. Thanks again, John and Steve. Our pleasure. We look forward to talking with you again uh, in the near future and, and getting deeper into some of these subjects. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ResTalk Podcast, where Steve and John described an overview of the ResNet 2022 priorities. If you're pro in the building market, please surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. A quote for today by Dinesh Palawal. Collaboration is a key part of the success of any organization. Executed through a clearly defined vision and mission and based on transparency and constant communication. Well, thank you to, for listening into this medium of communication from ResNet, the ResTalk podcast. And if you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here, or would like to hear a new topic covered, or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk. Thank you.